The title of this sermon is God's Church Community. God's Church Community. Ephesians is known as the book of the church. The first three chapters dealt with uh, the salvation, how we are saved. What did Jesus do? What is the nature of this salvation? And the popular verses in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, not a result of works that no man should boast, is found in Ephesians. But immediately after that, verse 10, for uh, we are made for good works. Uh, imagine that beautiful statement that you are not saved by works. No matter how many good works you do, you won't be saved by that. But if you are truly saved, you will do good works. So there's a perfect statement to, to guide every uh, believer. But our focus right now is starting with chapter 4. Because verse 1 says, therefore, after laying the foundation of Ephesians 1 to 3, therefore, he begins talking about the body of Christ. The church, Paul reveals to the Ephesian church God's design for his people. Whenever we encounter the word church in the Bible, it may, ref may refer to the universal church where all true believers belong, or it may refer to the local church led by shepherds, pastors, and elders. It is about the community of believers, not a building or a religion. The Church of Christ is a united community that grows together, serves together, builds the community under the leadership of God's ministry gifts. There are a lot of misconceptions when people think about church. Uh, I'll go to church. So is that the building or the gathering? It is actually the gathering where people of God come together. Each one saved by grace, believes in Jesus Christ, and they come together to worship. Nor is it a religion. However, because these days there are a lot of misconceptions about what a church is. Sometimes it's wrong doctrine. Sometimes it's just misconceptions. And sometimes humorously, the image of the church has been tarnished because of, of mistakes done by men and women. Uh, and you know, that's a fallacy. You know, one fallacy is known as hasty generalization. Uh, there have been false brethren, even in the, in the New Testament, Paul warned of false believers being part. They think, you think they're part of the church, but not necessarily. So here we even have a membership process because it's an element. It's a thing where we can be responsible to each other if you're a member. And some members we bring through if they have sinned severely, affecting not only themselves but other people, to go through even a restoration and discipline process. And uh, why? Because what we want to do is preserve the testimony of Christ. The church should grow together. That's what we read in chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. So we have to grow together. That means the Word of God. That means we grow in worship. That means we grow in in discipline, self-discipline. Uh, as we grow, we form the right habits, the right way of thinking, even the right way of feeling. Take note. God is concerned with our emotions, and He wants to train us to feel a certain way. Not the way the world feels, not the way when we felt when we were kids, uh, but we should grow up and mature even in the way we feel. If we are easily offended, then I hope that by God's grace we learn. 
If we easily offend others, we, I also hope that we learn not to do so. In those different aspects, the church must grow uh, together. Now, I'd like to bring you to verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another. So practice unity based on the following. The calling of Christ. Christ called us, so we have to walk as if Christ called us, because he did call us to him. Then unity is also about what? It is about these things, humility, gentleness, and patience. Say the word humility. Okay. Now, verse 3, quickly, so I can show you the context, the immediate context. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, so many people say, speak about unity. Even among different churches, pastors meet because unity is important. Some think unity is about agreeing on everything. Me and the different pastors here in Naga City and around the Philippines, we agree on the major things of the Bible. Some minor things, we're easy, we can let it go. You know, there's some churches you would visit, they don't like uh, the full band, drums, and especially the drums. Some of them just don't like the drums. It's so noisy. I can't feel, I cannot concentrate. Uh, so it's a minor thing. Okay, so uh, they love the hymnal. They just sing like, How great thou art. So, uh, and, and that's fine. Because the Bible said that we should sing to God. How we sing, how we, we do our music, it's a minor thing. So we should not criticize one another among the minor things, correct? But on the major things, are we saved by grace? Do we, do we believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do we believe that the Word of God is true? Unity is yes, unity in doctrine, in the major ones, but also about our attitude to one another. Say the word humility. humility. Whenever you gather with your Christian friends here, ask, am I practicing humility in front of them? Because if we practice humility, it helps preserve the unity of Christ, of the church, the unity in the faith. So am I humble enough to listen to their ideas, or do, you, do I think I'm always right? So it is important. Then patience. Say the word patience. patience. Wow. Patience. Are we patient? If you're always impatient, you will be a patient. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we learn to, uh, instead of lose the temper, just take a deep breath. <sighs> you are in control, Lord. There is a purpose for everything. So learning to be patient with one another preserves the unity. But also gentleness or meekness. Say the word gentleness. In terms, am I gentle in my approach, in the way I speak? But please let us not also judge one another. That's why it says here, with tolerance. Okay? A showing tolerance. Okay, you know in the Filipino phrase, I would, how I would rephrase this, pagtitiis sa bawat isa. 
Pakisabi sa katabi mo, tinitiis kita. Uh, uh, so, well, I'm tolerating you. So, uh, showing tolerance for one another in love. Say the word love. Say it again, love. Because we are all different from one another. It's impossible that you find the person 100% you totally like. It's impossible. You know, husband and wife, before they got married, thought they found the perfect person. In Christ, yes, that's a perfect person for you. But then they realize, oh, we're not perfect after all. Ah, reality sets in. Then, what do you begin to learn? Tolerance with love. Amen? So, young people, do not be in a hurry to get married unless you've learned tolerance with love. Right? If you cannot tolerate your brothers and sisters, I don't think you're ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's about character. Marriage is about character. Uh, tolerance is very important. So this is how we preserve the unity in the Spirit. That's why it's not always about uh, everything. We agree on every detail. We have to agree on what the Bible says. But in a, how we apply it may be different at times, like I mentioned to you. Uh, uh, sing to the Lord. Every church may apply it differently. There was even a church I visited in Paete, Laguna, New Testament Baptist Church. And I was their guest speaker. And like us, they have three services. And said, Pastor, when we invite, you have to speak in all services. Oh, really? Yes, morning, two in the morning, and one in the evening. So I, in the morning, so I woke up early. I was there early. And it was uh, mostly senior citizens singing the hymnal singing from the book and and very nice it was very beautiful very solemn so it was very solemn so when i preached i was also quite solemn you know because maybe the senior citizen why is he shouting huh my they might complain so i tried to be as solemn as i can then uh, came the 10 o'clock service which is similar to our services uh, uh, there's a band singer etc and then so i was a bit more alive when i preached and then came the early evening. There were no chairs. There were chairs at the side. They were going to put the chairs after they praised and worshipped. So it was wild. Young people a lot, jumping, a lot of energy. I was saying, will this building hold, you know, all that jumping? And uh, it was alive. And then the music was more lively. And after that, they brought the chairs there. So how did you think I preached? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was so appreciative you know so many people debate that in every church some even split some churches split just because of the drum set the pastor there was wise okay okay you who like this you attend in the morning you who are so wild full of energy uh, so much energy could not sleep huh young people evening okay so, in application, there might be differences. But what the Bible says, we have to do. We have to sing to the Lord. We have to sing and worship God. But now I'd like to bring you to verse, uh, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, some prophets, some as evangelists, 
and some as pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We have to be equipped by whom God gave gifts. Going back to verse 11, and he said, and he gave some as apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are what we call five ministry gifts. Now, let me just quickly define all of these to you as quick as possible. The word apostle. One, some believe that there are still apostles today. Now, I would say it depends on how, what the word means to you. Because the word apostle here actually means one who is sent, like an ambassador. So I would consider those we send to do mission work, to plant churches, as a manner of speaking, apostles. But when you talk about an apostle who wrote the Bible, and there are still apostles today who can write the Bible and add to the Bible, I do not agree. Because the Bible is the Bible. Should I claim to be an apostle who has a new revelation from God to add to the Bible? Please, that, that action, those words are for false prophets and false apostles and false teachers. So I do not accept that there is any more apostolic authority in terms of adding to the word of God. However, I do believe loosely in the word apostle, one who is sent forth. One who is sent forth to plant churches, to visit us, to build us up in a manner of speaking. When we send forth people, I consider them apostles. Missionaries may be called modern apostles. Not to add to the word of God, but the, word, the meaning of one who is sent forth. Then there are prophets. Yes, in the New Testament, the book of Acts, there was a prophet who came to, uh, uh, to Paul and said, This will happen to you if you go there. And yes, sometimes still today, God speaks through dreams or impressions, and some have that gift. Sometimes some of you might be praying and say, I have an impression. But we have to test every word. Because the Bible said, test every spirit. If you believe you have a word from God that these, a warning of these things might happen, we listen to it and we test it via the word of God. Because some people just spoke without being tested. For example, there was one prophecy that said that uh, uh, after Ramos, the next few presidents will be a Christian. I said, where did that come from? I didn't believe it, and it never happened, right? Just because somebody gave a prophecy that the Lord will bless the Philippines. Yes, the Lord is already blessing the Philippines. Well, maybe not as, as we thought economically, but is God blessing us? Yes, because the number of believers every year increases in this nation. And I believe that is a form of blessing. I don't need a prophet to tell me that. But there was somebody who mentioned to me something very specific in my life. And he prayed for me. I see this happening. Blah, blah, blah. I can't say to you the details. And so these things did happen in my life. So there are still people like that, but when you hear somebody do that to you, you just test it, receive it, and say thank you. And he said, I'll pray about it if it is God's will. The point is there are still prophets today in terms of, but they're not like the Old Testament prophet style. 
Okay, like Nathan came to David, you are the man. Sure, sometimes we, were, we might fulfill that role. All of us may fulfill that role. For example, when we rebuke uh, a person, even in office, that that is wrong. And that can be done in a prophetic manner. But the office of the prophet, like the Old Testament, I do not believe that exists. The New Testament way is every thing must be tested. Even in Corinthians, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. It means we submit to one another to see if that is truly God's will. So I do believe conservatively in the application of the prophetic gifts, but I do believe in it. I do believe in it. There was some, one for, for example, at one time, one Friday night, I felt so burdened to pray for a particular person. It was such a burden that I prayed and prayed hard. And then a few days later, I said, you know, I was praying for you and I was so disturbed. And, and she said, well, an old friend that I grew up with who's now a drug addict went to my house and uh, stayed there for a long time and I was afraid. And so during that time was a specific time that I was moved to pray. So those things can happen. Then we have the evangelists. Evangelists like Philip in the Old Testament. He partners with other church planters because we don't see Philip planting a church. But he just keeps sharing the gospel. And there are those who just keep sharing the gospel. And those who love to share the gospel all the time, I said, partner with a church planter. Partner with a local church because that is a design. So the evangelists help also build us by encouraging us to share God's word. And then there's the pastors and the teachers. Pastors who take care of God's people. And pastors doesn't only mean pastor in position, but shepherds. The actual word is shepherds. Shepherd is what? Lead, teaching you the word of God, but also reminding you, how is your life? How can we pray for you? Sometimes you need somebody to talk with because you are burdened. Shepherds are there. And that's why we try to develop shepherds. Shepherds can be growth group leaders. We help train them. And, and other pastors or, or even elders, we are shepherds. Somebody died, they need comfort, and they need somebody to share in the funeral. Uh, somebody's sick, and, and uh, whenever I call the, the elders, they're immediately present to, to visit and pray. And, and you, other people here may have the gift of shepherding, you don't know it yet, but one day it will come out. It is a calling from God. If you have a deep concern for others in their spiritual growth and in their life, that is being a pastor, then a teacher. What's a teacher? A teacher studies the Word of God more than us. He really spends a lot of time in it, understands it clearly. So that's the importance of the fivefold ministries, listening to one another, not being independent of each other. Now, going back, how does this apply to us? Okay, again, God gave these gifts. For what purpose? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Huh? Saints? I, th I thought saints are dead, like St. Paul and St. Joseph and uh, whoever saint do you know, huh? Whenever the New Testament talks about the saints, you know the word saint is a person separated. Let me give the interpretation for you. A person separated from the world, set aside for Jesus. So a saint is somebody who's alive, not somebody with a halo or somebody who is purely sinless. No, somebody is called to be separated. And yes, we are. We are separated from the ways of the world. We follow the ways of God. 
So friends, if you are a child of God, saved by grace, you are a saint. You can call me Saint Ed uh, instead of Pastor Ed. And I call you Saint Money as well, you know. I raise Saint Tony. I will respond in the same way. So the word saint is the believers for the equipping. Why are there apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Why do we exist? For what purpose do we exist? to equip you for the works of service. You know, the King James says, for the work of ministry. Say the word ministry. ministry. Ah, so that you can become a minister. No, no, not maybe not like some of us, like, maybe not like Pastor Arnell, who's full-time in, in, in the calling. Uh, but all of us are called to minister, to share God's word, to comfort others, to listen to others, to pray for others, to hug people, to empathize, and even to rebuke and correct. Do you know that we have to do that? Part of our role when somebody uh, commits a sin that affects others is to intervene and say, what's wrong? That's why we have people here, though we don't announce everything, under restoration and discipline. Okay? Yes, we do restore and discipline people. We watch their schedule. Where are you going? What did you do last week? Huh? Who were you with? Okay, sooner or later, I will ask the board to give us GPS that we can attach to them. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I do not want to trample on your civil liberties, but the purpose why we exist is to equip. What is the word to equip? To build up, to train, to teach, to train the people of God that they may do the work of ministry. So I said, Pastor, Pano yan? We, we, had, we had this thing and, and I, I felt he needs to be baptized in water. I said, why don't you do it? Huh? I'm not a pastor. Did it say that only a pastor can do it? If you're a true servant of God, Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. <clears throat> to equip, <clears throat> you know, some people think the church of God is like this, you know. There's a few, uh, few superstars who will do all the work of ministry, and I will just attend every Sunday. To watch these superstar play basketball. It's like that. It's like a, they call it a, an athletic church. What, why is it called an athletic church? Because they're watching people who desperately need rest. Being watched by hundreds of people who desperately need exercise. Isn't it like a basketball game? People are watching who need exercise and those very overly tired people. So some churches are like that. All the work goes through what? The pastor and the pastors instead of all of us. Pastor leading, elders leading, training, equipping for everybody to do the work of the ministry. And I do believe that. Even in church planting, my first goal every time I planted a church was to develop a core group. I developed them to be uh, somebody who would love God, know the word of God, I, uh, we demonstrate how to share the gospel, how to disciple. Once they learn that, they do the work of the ministry with us instead of being centralized. That's why some pastors who don't understand this usually are sick. <coughs> you okay? 
why? Oh, I'm so tired. Nobody's helping me. Did you teach them to help you? Uh, did you ask them to help you? Did you empower them to help you? No. Well, what's that? Uh, well, if you die soon, it's your fault, brother. Stop blaming your church if you did not equip them. So, friends, I want to equip you. You, you want that? Oh, not all of you. Okay. So, uh, for what purpose? Works of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, okay. When we equip the people of God and the people of God serve, minister, what happens? It builds the body. The body becomes stronger. Okay, because we support one another, we build each other up, we encourage one another, we love each other, we rebuke each other, that after that we just shake hands again and love each other. To build up the body of Christ. Until what? We keep doing this until what? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, so that all of us would mature. Say mature. Yeah, not baby Christians forever. Uh, baby Christian only knows drink milk. Baby Christian only knows John 3.16. Nothing else from the Bible. Baby Christian, always baby Christian, only listen to pastor's word and preaching, but does not study or read the Bible himself. How will that grow? We equip others so that others can teach others and others can teach others that we all grow up until what? We mature. What kind of mature? What's the measurement? To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Wow. Until we all walk the earth looking like a reflection of Jesus Christ. That the way we do things, well, nobody has seen Christ, but we read him about him. We are, there were witnesses who wrote about him until we all mature, that we can be patient. And if there is anger in us, it is only holy anger. Anger because we are grieved because of the sin. Because they have uh, defiled the Father's house. The goal, my friend, is that we are all equipped we build one another up. We never stop doing that until we all mature. This is the design that we must follow. Can you say to your neighbor, you're called to be a minister. Did you understand me? Now, maybe if you still did it, if you don't understand, you're thinking of a minister still is like me. You know, I try not to look like a minister. Do you know that? Whenever you see me during the day, during the week, sometimes I go out wearing shorts. I don't try not to look like a Pharisee, okay? But the word minister is servant. We all must serve with the body of Christ, no matter what. You see, we have to have that unity of the faith, what? Being patient with one another, uh, being tolerating one another. And then the, the God's ministry gift is here for us to equip us to grow until... And once we mature in Christ, a local church cannot mature unless the pastors and leaders equip you. That's why I invite other ministers like Peter Kairos. 
I do believe he's one of the fivefold ministries as an evangelist and as a pastor. So he comes here sharing about what he learned that changed his, his, his bad marriage into a great one so that we can be equipped. And when we are equipped, we equip others also. We share it to others. As a result, okay, there's a logic here. What's the result? We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. Oh boy. So that what? As a result, hindi na tayo uto You watch TV and you see there's a false teacher there. You think he's true because he quotes the Bible. Not everyone who quotes the Bible is teaching the right thing. Like I told you, context, intent of the author before you go to application. <gasps> but then you listen. Oh, name it, claim it. I claim, oh, nice car. I claim that Lord. Oh, nice shoes. I claim that Lord. If you say that to me, I'll say to you, this is already mine, okay? Not giving you, okay? But Jesus said what? Pray. And if it's according to his will, he hears us. But name it and claim it became so much of a prosperity thing that the gospel is all about me and my needs and my prosperity and me becoming richer one day. And some are actually just preaching all about that. And then somebody preaching about grace, similar to the antinomianism problem in the past. In history, what is that? Well, because the grace of God is with you, it's okay to sin. Romans says no, because grace abounds, should we sin more? The Bible says certainly not. Yes, God is forgiving. Oh, the grace of God, it's okay. Oh, everybody's doing it, pastor. Everybody's doing premarital sex. It's our culture. You hear that message, I tell you. One thing, a few things that the Lord Jesus hates. Huh? The Bible hates. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God may love people, but there are things, actions that he hates. One is hypocrisy. The other one is false teaching. If you easily absorb what you listen to without testing it, what happens to you? You listen to false teaching and then you pass it on. And when you pass it on, you keep passing on false teaching. And if you keep doing that, what are you called? A false teacher. Last week, I was corrected, and I humbly accept the correction. When I, uh, uh, one time during Father's Day, I mentioned that, that Jesus introduced God as God the Father. He introduced him in an intimate way. That should be the accurate word. Because in the Old Testament, it was also mentioned then that he is father. And that was wrong of me. When I heard it, okay, I have to correct that in church. Why? Because we want to be as accurate as we can. And that's why there's the body of Christ correcting one another, building each other. You can't just misquote the Bible easily with this culture. Why do we preach the law? Why do we preach what sin is? The whole point of this Old Testament, from every hero that we read about, none was perfect, all have sinned. 
What was the Bible telling us? No matter who you are, you are not perfect. You are condemned because of your sin. We read the law, how impossible to follow it. Then we see our sin. Am I worthy? No, you are not worthy. That is why we need Christ. We don't preach the law anymore. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. As a result, we're not easily tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Hindi porke uso, sabay tayo. Anong move ni God ngayon? Yung dati pa, yung si Jesus Christ, kailangan ituro natin para magsisi sila. Anong move ni God ngayon? Ibang move ni God ngayon, ang move ni God ngayon, tawanan. Nagpi-prayer meeting, puro tawa. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not limiting God that God can give you real happiness. Sometimes when I'm alone, I'm just so happy, full of joy that I just, I just laugh. You can't be, we cannot be tossed about. That's why we need to be equipped. So when I say brothers and sisters, we read scripture and then one step further, we study it. Step by step, we will grow. Because we want to become stronger in terms of the knowledge of the word. Non-doctrine, but deceitful skimming. Please do not be scammed again. Malaki kita dito, invest ka 10% every month, balik ko sa'yo. Uto-uto ka talaga. You have to test. Don't give in to that desire of your heart for more. That is greed. What should we rather do? Test. Is that legit? That's too good to be true. If you don't know how, you consult who? You consult a real deal finance guy. The same way, when you hear a teaching, don't easily absorb it. Is it from the Word of God? Is it within context? In the note, remember, Satan quoted scripture while tempting Jesus. Satan said, it is written. Oh, do you know that Satan knows the Bible more than you? He's memorized all of it. He had, he had thousands of years of practice. And you're not even 100 years old. He knows how to deceive us. That's why we have to study, is it really the intent of the author? Is it really the context? In application, one, we commit to a local church that preaches the Bible as accurately as possible. We try to be accurate. We try to be accurate. Number two, practice patience, forgiveness, and love in the local church. Oh, wow, love. Can we read now? Let's go back to verse uh, 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love. Oh, what do we speak? The truth. What truth? God's truth. The Bible, the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Speak the truth in love that we may all grow up. Verse 16. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Oh, wow. Gee. So that, what? We speak the truth in love and then we are to grow in all aspects. All aspects. Marriage, parenting, being a sibling, uh, being a citizen of this country, uh, being a neighbor, being 
uh, an employee, a businessman, in all aspects. We grow up. And then what? We have to be fitted together. Say fitted. Fitted together. Yeah, you can't just say, no, no, I love God. I don't need to be part of a church. I don't need to be accountable. I don't need a relationship. I have other friends anyway. <laughs> fitted. Body, fitted. Huh? Hand, right? Hand, body, fitted. Hand cut, huh? Not fitted. Hand cut, happen. Rotting, rotting. Okay, it rots. You're not connected to the body. No, I don't like everybody. You can't like everybody. That's impossible. But you have to learn to love one another, even though you don't like each other too much. Hey, hey. Hi, brother. Hey, hey. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn. Because that's what Jesus said. And that's one practice of unconditional love. I don't have to like everyone, but God calls me to love everyone. I try. We have to try. That's how we grow up. Some people, oh, I, I did it like somebody there, so I moved to another church. And after a while, they moved again because they na naman. Then they moved to another and another until, oh, I don't like church anymore. Then they would even go for counseling. But you know, if they come to me, I say, you are the problem. You are the problem. You don't learn to forgive. You, don't, you did not learn to understand. We have to be fitted. Otherwise, you rot. Fitted, healthy. Amen? Hey, give a fist bump to your neighbor. We're fitted, huh? Okay, we look good together, huh? <laughs> we look good together. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, man. Look, look at your neighbor. No, I'm not kidding. Look at your neighbor. Uh, not too deeply, but look at their eyes and just smile quickly. And then look at another one. Just look at their eyes quickly, right? Huh. You see, you see, the eye is God's creation, huh? Huh? That's why our joke is beautiful eyes to the baby, right? Beautiful eyes, baby, beautiful eyes. Because the eye is beautiful. But remove the eye. Okay? So, it's gross and ugly. So we have to be fitted. How are we fitted? Relationship and accountability. We build godly friendships with each other. And we are accountable to each other. Then we have to be practice patience, forgiveness, love in the local church, diligent to preserve the unity. And three, grow under the leadership of the local church and learn to serve that you may help build it. Grow under the leadership. Yes, God has set leadership to build us. Another time I'll talk to you another verse about why and how in terms of spiritual authority works. Spiritual authority is protection. In this part, spiritual protection for us. There are preachers, elders, shepherds. For what purpose? Growth group leaders. It is for spiritual protection. Because it's easy to be tempted if you are separated. Oh yeah, 
you know, just because I'm going to meet my group of brothers every week makes me feel like I should be doing it, doing, you know, uh, living uprightly. Just the fact that I'm going to meet them. But if I don't have to meet them, I can get mad at anybody. Hey, you, you, you waiter here? I don't like your face. Get out. You know, uh, <laughs> but because I love God's word and I fear God, then I'm meeting a group of brothers later and then they might see me. Then I said, yeah, I have to behave <laughs> because uh, the local church, um, there are elders there, and, and my growth group, friends, don't think nobody sees you. God sees you. Amen? And you know what? This city is such a small city. You might know somebody I also know, and you don't know, right? And sometimes they tell me all about you. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm not a gossip. I'm not a gossip. I'm not a gossip. I'm not a gossip. Point is, we have to learn and grow and serve together. Everybody submits somewhere. The pastor is not the authority here. It is the Word of God. And although I preach you God's Word, I also submit to our eldership. I don't make all the decisions, please. A lot of decisions go through the body. Even each of them is not an authority by themselves. When they need, they, they, they think they need a project or what, they go to the eldership and then they present it. Everybody submits to one another. And that's why we're going to have a general assembly because the eldership would like to submit something to you for approval. So, I hope you'll be a member one day. Let's all rise and let us pray. Lord, thank you because we, your word is true. That, that your design for the church is that we be united, united under you, under Christ, to have the right doctrine, yet learning to be humble towards each other, patient to each other, gentle towards each other, and showing forbearance, tolerance, because we are all different and we can we may unintentionally or even intentionally hurt each other. Teach us to forgive one another and teach us to change, not to offend each other as we grow and learn about each other and about you. We thank you for your gifts to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip your people, to equip us for the works of service, for ministry, that we may build one another until such time that we all mature in Christ until such time we are no longer easily tossed by every wind of doctrine and that we can speak to each other in love, the truth in love. And we can build each other up. That we are fitted to each other. Show us that relationship with each other is very important. Teach us to reach out. Lord, sometimes we are shy. Sometimes we make excuses. We don't want anybody to get in our guard because of the past hurts. Yet teach us, Lord, that we are all growing and nobody's perfect. But we want to grow with your body, Lord. We want to grow with the church. And that we, may we express your love to each other. Father, we lift up to you today 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done over the meeting. And uh, give us the unity in heart and mind. And uh, make it clear to us, Lord, what your direction is for us in the next year or so. Bless each one here, Lord. Bless each family. May each family also practice humility, patience, gentleness, and tolerance with one another. May each family be under Christ, and may they be built up in Christ. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon. Oh.